Welcome to the How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book in front of a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. So in today's show, we're joined by Mariana McDougall, who publishes a website that provides information and inspiration to out-of-the-box families. And she just spent a year traveling in an RV with her husband and three young kids and blogged about the adventure. And today we're going to look at how she started her blogging journey and then how she's turning her travel adventures into a travel memoir. So thanks for joining us today, Mariana. Thank you for having me. So first, can we just touch base on your blog? What was your motivation behind starting your blog? Sure. So I actually started my blog before the trip, and it's a, it's a multi-niche blog. There's lots of different headings on it. I kind of write whatever comes to mind, really. It's like the most terrible way to do a blog, but that's what I do. Um, and travel is part of it, has always been a part of it. And I started doing the blog just because I enjoy writing. And the intention was to eventually monetize it, but that wasn't my main motivation. I just needed something to do for myself and also uh, samples because I do freelance writing. So having some stuff up on my website sometimes helps to kind of say, hey, here's what my writing looks like. Um, so, yeah, so my motivation was mainly just sanity time. So before you started blogging, were you an avid writer? I've, I've always written since I was a kid, um, never like commercially until about 2015. Um, in 2015, I started freelance writing off and on, just very part-time, but I've always done writing all the time. Every chance I have, I would be writing something, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I was the same. I always wrote when I was growing up. I, I love it that the internet is out there now and you can easily set up a blog and then suddenly you've got this platform that you can just write whatever you want and hopefully attract an audience to inspire them or inform them with you know the things that you've got to say. I really love that too. I love to know that you know I'm not just writing in a notebook, that there's people actually reading the things I write. Part of the reason I keep my blog now, even though it doesn't make me any money at the moment, is that, is that on my blog, I can do whatever I want. I'm, I haven't stopped blogging. I just took a break because we just returned from our trip in September. You mentioned your little RV trip then. So maybe let's uh, switch over to that. How long did you go away for? We were traveling in the RV around uh, Canada and the United States for nine months altogether. And then we ended up in London, Ontario for the last few months of the trip. Uh, and then we came home in September. So we connected because you told me you were going to write a, a memoir and use your RV journey as the um, the inspiration behind that memoir. And you actually blogged about your trip the whole time? I did. So in addition to my freelance writing that I was doing while we were traveling, I was also updating my blog fairly consistently about not just about the places where we were, but, you know, here's what we recommend doing in the places where we are. And uh, here's how we're able to do this without spending a ton of money because we uh, boondocked or stayed for free in a lot of places. Um, And so I have a blog full of content about this amazing trip we took. What I'm doing with the memoir is I'm not just copying and pasting Uh, you know, from the blog to the book. I did that to begin with, just to have it all in one place. But I'm rewriting with more of like a book feel, if that makes sense, more of a journey Mm -hmm. rather than just here's where we went or whatever. Um, The blog doesn't really read that way either. I'm very much into creative nonfiction. So I really try to write uh, about the places where we were and the things that we were doing 
with a bit of dramatic flair, if you will. So, um, so I really try to make it read a little bit less, like just a, in a, a summary of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's already a bit of that in the writing, but you know, now I need to connect the dots because those blog posts are very much kind of individual, right? Like here's, you know, how we're feeling and doing and whatever. So now to put it all together, it's a matter of trying to tie those themes together. And especially one thing I really want to write about um, kind of towards the end of the memoir is coming home and how hard that was. And that nobody tells you, you know, you go on this dream trip and then when you come home, it's depressing. It's actually severely depressing and it's hard. It, It was really hard coming back. And especially for me, because I like travel was my life and I was having the time of my life and writing full time, which is something I really loved doing. Yeah. And then I came home and kind of every single dream just stopped, you know, that was hard. So I really want to write something that will resonate with people who either are planning on doing it or have done it already and have felt that way when they return home. Yeah. And you know what, that personal narrative is what is going to elevate it, isn't it? From a diary of here's what we did to here's a full blown memoir with a a story arc. Exactly. I've been doing so much research just recently because I've been mapping out my own memoir. Now it's come to the point of taking all of that framework, but then creating that kind of thread and the arc in it to turn it from journal entries to a memoir that has a story to it. You know what? There's not a lot of great resources online or books even about creative nonfiction. I know there's a book called Creative Nonfiction. You can't make this stuff up that I've been meaning to read, but I just haven't had the chance. And there's a magazine called Creative Nonfiction where, you know, it's not teaching you how to do creative nonfiction. They just publish creative nonfiction stories. Um, And so that's a good, yeah, that's a good place to just start reading more to kind of, you know, they're not going to teach you how to do it, but just by reading it, it kind of helps you to know what it's like. But no, like as far as a step-by-step, like a course or something like that, I haven't seen anything. I'm sure it's out there. If I looked a little harder, I'd find it. But, you know, I listen to a lot of books on uh, Audible and I just Mm -hmm. downloaded one over the holiday period. It's from a series of the great courses. And what they do is they find university professors who teach the topics and then they get them to record a book. So there was this university professor that's doing a creative nonfiction course and sounds very lectury. But it's really good mm. information that she shared. But that's there's hardly any books that I've found that really go into creative nonfiction for a memoir perspective. So what I started doing is just downloading and reading books about story arcs. So people that are writing fiction. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's just what you're writing about is truth, but you still want that element of story in it rather than here's what we did on our first day and here's what we did on our second day, which is great and interesting for you to read back on. But as far as somebody from the outside to read it, you know, it hasn't got that build and that excitement and the dip and the taking them on an emotional journey as well as a uh, the actual travel journey. For sure, for sure. Like I've been playing with writing for a long time and I write in multiple niches. In addition to the website that you've seen, I also have a website called multitalentedwriters.com and it's specifically for writers like me who don't have a single niche, who 
you know, just want to write in a variety of formats and for a variety of niches. And the reason I'm saying that is because I play around in so many different niches and I I have to change my voice constantly and kind of wonder about what audience I'm reaching. I think it might be a little easier for people like us who have been dabbling in writing for a long time and in a variety of niches to uh, do creative nonfiction and write a memoir in a way that reaches people rather than just doing it diary-like and reading memoirs. I read a ton of memoirs. Yeah, me so, um, <laughs> so I kind of, uh, yeah, you know, reading is an excellent way of learning the craft, right? Because yeah, and, and memoirs are written in different ways. You know, the the story arc may not be as clear in some memoirs, but it's still there. You just have to look for it. And I think it's not only possible, but I think it's a lot of fun to try and write something in a way that's about your life, but it's extremely interesting to other people. Everyone has an interesting life. It's just how you tell it. I you read. Know? Uh, that's like my favorite niche to read in and the ones that I like reading are the ones of people that have left their home country and gone and started a new life somewhere else hey that's me (laughs) you know I just love those but there's so many of them that I I can't read I get disappointed because it's just not it's not interesting you know what they're doing is great but the way they've told Mm -hmm. it and it's not got a thread that's tying it all together with some kind of theme or some kind of flow to it it's just here's a chapter and now we're jumping to another chapter and now we're jumping you know and unless Mm -hmm. they have that thread and takes you on a journey um and that's why I think I'm agonizing about over my own memoir because I'm so critical of others because you know i don't quite know yet what makes a good memoir, but I know what makes a bad memoir. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure that the memoir I write isn't one of the ones that's a bad memoir. Makes sense. Well, one of the things I did that was actually quite helpful um, is I participated in uh, NaNoWriMo, which is the yeah. National Novel Writing Month. Of course, I wasn't writing a novel. So I contacted my local chapter and I said, hey, you know, I don't really write fiction, but I have this memoir that I'm writing and I'm kind of wondering, like, can I just do that and just still participate in the event? And they said, oh, there's this thing called Nano Rebels and it's for um, people who are writing something other than a novel and you still participate and you still do your word count and all of that. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. So I joined the local chapter um, to do the National Novel Writing Month and it was kind of a jumping point for me to get lots of writing put together. I feel like it was cheating a little bit because I had a lot of the writing done. It was like copying and pasting and editing. But um, but my point is I participated and I went to one of their events where one of the people who has been doing this for years um, talked about story arc and, and she knew I was writing a memoir. And so she addressed me as she was talking and, and she said, okay, so this is kind of how story arcs go. And so in your memoir, this is where you would be kind of, you know, restless to get going to your trip or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she specifically talked to me about how the story arc in fiction relates to story arc and memoir. And it really started making me think about, you know, how I'm going to put all those kind of separate bits together to make it flow well and make it interesting. So even if we don't write fiction, I think reading fiction and studying how it's written actually can be helpful for memoir Mm -hmm. writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm reading a book by uh, K.M. Wheeland. She writes fiction and she writes um, nonfiction books also about a story arc and how to plot out a book. I understand you want it in your own tone and your own pacing and your own style. Yes. That's part of the challenge, isn't it? It's just how do you take the words and shuffle them around I mean when I love it that you think we've only got 26 letters in the alphabet and we can shuffle them around a million zillion different ways it's true it's an amazing concept 
are a story creating culture that it, it's amazing that I think someone, I can't remember who it said, you know, there's no such thing as a new story. It's just the same story told differently. That's very true, actually. <laughs> I think one of the biggest mistakes any writers make, particularly fiction writers, is that they think, oh, it's all been written before. Well, yeah, it kind of has. And then they get discouraged about writing their own. But it's all been written before, but it hasn't been written by you. Yeah. Right? So, you know, no matter if a similar story has been told a million times, you're still going to put your own flair to it and you're st- particularly memoir writing it's your life right you're talking about your life um there's no one else that can tell that story well except you in my opinion if you, writing the memoir is you telling your story the way that you see it has happened if you don't write the memoir someone else will tell that story for you and their view of what your life is like is probably a lot different than yours mm-hmm. so i think if you want to tell your story if you want people to remember your story or what it actually was, then it's important to get it down on paper. And even if you don't plan on publishing it, and if it, even if it's just in a journal, I think it's still important to leave something behind to say, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Because how people remember you may not necessarily be how you want to be remembered. So yeah. writing things down leaves a legacy behind. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you started blogging about your RV trip, did you have the intention of writing a memoir? Yes, I did. Um, I always had the intention of writing the memoir. I'll be honest and say, you know, I wanted to write the memoir more for our family to have something to look back on. But the more I write it, the more I think, you know, this is really relatable to any family who wants to go on adventures, but particularly parents who were adventurous before they had children and then kind of feel like they can't be with children, which there are more than you would think. And so I really do want to to sell uh, it eventually. I'll be able to be a, a little more truthful in that memoir because I don't think anyone in my family is going to read it. <laughs> so, uh, so I can be a little more truthful about the depression that I went through when I came home and, and how things really were and how I really felt, particularly about coming home and kind of the thought that, hey, we're probably not going to do this for a long time now because we're going to have to recover, you know? So you said that you took part in NaNoWriMo. So was that to take all the blog post content that you've done and create your first framework, like your first draft of your memoir that you you want to publish? Precisely. We, we arrived home in late September and I said, you know, like if I don't make myself sit down and put this thing together, it's not going to happen. So NaNoWriMo was kind of my push to like, okay, sit down, put the first draft together. And now I'm going through it and writing my second right now. Yeah. What's your process to take your first draft to your second draft? I don't do too much editing in my sec- my first or second drafts. When I write something, especially a longer work like this, I just write. And then now it's on paper. And now the second draft is, okay, let's put this together and make sense. And that there's a story arc like we talked about. So this, the draft right now, the second draft for, okay, now we're writing the story uh, and really kind of looking at it and seeing does it flow well. So there's no line editing going on right now. So once I'm done doing that, which I'm about halfway through right now, then I'll go into self-editing mode where I'm actually looking for errors and grammar mistakes and whatnot. And then it'll go to an actual editor after that who will look through it a second time. From there, I may or may not get a proofreader after that. It depends on how well the editor did. Um, And then from there, I'm more than likely going to be self-publishing. So from there, then I'll look into that. But I'm not even there yet. I'm not even looking at my options. I'm just concentrating on getting the second draft done. 
I took a long break from working on it at all during the holidays. So I'm looking forward to this coming week, getting right back into it and getting it finished. Uh, hopefully by the end of January, finish the second draft and then get it edited after that. Okay. Any other key learnings that you've got as you're going through your process of writing your memoir? I think my biggest thing for myself, and I think for a lot of moms who are trying to write, is to guard your time. I am very bad at saying, no, I'm not doing this. This is my writing time. I'm very, very bad at saying that. Other people's needs always come before my own. And I think that's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, so this year I had a talk with my husband and I said, listen, I need time to write because now that I'm not, um, I'm not really taking on freelance clients anymore. One here, one there, very part time. So I don't have a regular schedule for writing anymore. And so I set him down and I said, listen, like I need time to write. And so here's the times I'd like, are you in agreement? And then I just didn't get his word for it. I went into the family Google calendar and I put those times in that calendar (laughs) and I invited my husband to that event to say, Hey, I'm going to be gone during that time whether I go to the library or I come to the home office and I'm just not here. Just ignore me for three hours, one day a week. You can do that, you know? So yeah, guard your time and put your time in and don't worry so much about what it's going to look like. Just write, get it down. Editing comes later. Yeah. That's my advice. Guard your time and write. Just yeah, write. I wrote a uh, one of the books I wrote was about free writing for travel writers. And that was one of the big lessons that I learned when I started writing I thought my first draft of everything had to be perfect and I agonized over it and I wrote and edited and wrote and edited all at the same time and then I realized that you know the key is just get that first draft out there even if half of it's rubbish just get the bulk of the words out there and you can pick through it and you've got some great content in there and then that's what you use to create your second draft and start molding it I like to think of it as like a uh, a piece of clay and you just like poof, you've got a big block of clay and then you start taking it apart and shaping it you can't edit what's not there but at least if you have loads of words out on the page you you've got something to edit then haven't you very good I I, I really like that analogy yeah. I like it a lot it's it's true and 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 the other thing is don't, don't get too attached to your words I think part of the problem is people write right right and then they're afraid of oh but I'm gonna have to take all these things out well that's kind of the point, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you're so at that, you know, and you have to be attached to the story, in other words, and if you are attached to those individual words, you can always just cut them and paste them into a different document and use it in a different story, right? You don't have to get rid of the words that don't fit this story. You can just save them for yeah. later, uh, which is what I do. And then you don't feel so bad about cutting your writing. I think cutting the writing is the hardest part, you know? You put in all that work and now you're just going to get rid of these words, and, but it's necessary to make a good story, yeah. right? So... Okay, so one final question. Do you use any specific writing software? I don't. I use Google Docs. (laughs) So um, I would love to use Scrivener. I have heard a ton of good things, but it just takes too long to learn. Like, I don't have the time. You know, like I would, if I had an hour to sit down with an expert who says, this is how you do it, and I know they have loads of like good information on Scrivener itself, but I don't have the time to sit and read all that text. So, um, so I just am using Google Docs right now. And you know what? I actually really like it because it's anywhere I go, I have access mm-hmm. to it, right? I can invite editors to it and they can edit right there. And it just works well for me. Well, it was so fabulous talking to you today. It was really great talking to you also. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
that's great. Well, yeah, so fabulous. Thanks for joining me. Um, really good luck with your memoir. Great work for blogging and being consistent blogging on your journey while you were on it, because I know how difficult it is to get that consistent writing schedule going. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mariana. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show, hosted by travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.